Well, good morning. Um, before I dive into the message, I wanted to cover two things. I wanted to thank everyone from the church here for volunteering at the race, uh, especially our life group, helping pack registration packets. A lot of you were ran, but just I wanted to say thank you. And then also, we had said occasionally at the end of a month, we'll give a little bit of a mission spotlight. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm up here anyway. And it just happens that one of our ministries that we have uh, just opened up a new store in Berlin, Mission Thrift. I don't know, surely most of you noticed that. Um, so, and we're also about a mile or two east from there. We have a new Mission Thrift donation and processing center. And our goal at Mission Thrift Berlin, unlike the other two stores we have in Western Orville, is to be 70% volunteer, 30% paid staff. With 70% volunteer, we need a lot of help. So uh, we have it set up that it's so easy to volunteer. Um, So if you have any interest in volunteering, we need help. You um, you can come once a month. You can come once a week. You can be full-time for all we care. But honestly, even if you have three or four hours, it makes a huge difference. You can get a lot of stuff sorted. Um, so I wanted to throw that out as an opportunity for you guys that we're looking for and also to help us get the word out if you know people that might be in a spot that are interested in that. So that's a little bit of our mission spotlight. Um, this morning, I am going to be looking at, I don't really have a title for it, but guess, uh, the making of a, a leader, leadership um, in, Christ-like, in a Christ-like image, manner. Uh, now, I have forgotten that next Sunday, or I didn't know, but forgotten, that next Sunday is communion, and Marcus said that you don't very often get a foot washing service. I guess you'll get back-to-back sermons on foot washing. So, uh, if you want to open your Bible to uh, John 13, uh, we're going to be specifically looking at verses 12, uh, let me just make sure I get it right, uh, verses 12 through 17 then. Um, but at the core of what I, wanted, what I want to look at is hardwired in each of us, at our core, is this longing to be significant. It's this longing to, to matter, to be noticed, to, uh, that, there's, that there's something special about us. Uh, I believe God hardwired that in us, and he's asking us to turn our attention, or, or that, that longing that we have to him. But at the same time, I think... There's this fine line that, that that longing that we have to be special, to, to matter, quickly turns to narcissism, uh, where we turn our attention to ourselves and what we get out of it, or, or we focus on ourselves. And I've just written down that in our desire to be special, to matter, we step over others to win, to be seen. So there's this tension at our core of how God wired us, but how quickly uh, C.S. Lewis in, uh, on pride says it's the greatest vice, the greatest sin. Uh, and there's this, there's this tension here where it quickly turns to what God put there for us or created us to turn to narcissism and to, to step over other people in order to win. Um, and so that's a question that as we look at the making of a leader, leadership in Christ's image um, that I think that we have to wrestle with. And that's hopefully what we'll do this morning. Uh, with the scripture and some examples that I hope you can connect with the scripture. We'll get to that point. Uh, but uh, I think we have this, this concept, this, 
this idea of what a leader looks like, what leadership is. And we, we, we sort of put leadership as, or a leader as, it's a platform, a stage, a, a position, CEO, um, pastor. I mean, you go down, you go down the list, it's a, it's a position uh, or, a, or a platform versus, uh, and I think in, in, in God's kingdom, in God's economy, it's, it's quite different. Uh, I think that in God's economy, it's a, it's a call to serve. And that's, that's, that's what leadership is, and that's who a leader is. And so if you're a believer, we're all being called into, into leadership, and that's what we want to look at this morning. There was a quote from uh, J.D. Greer that as we read the scripture, I want it to read first and then, uh, and then read the scripture. And he says that God did not design leaders for the stage, but for the towel and the wash basin. So he, God didn't design, like, I can sit back, I can sit, stand, not sit, stand here and say anything. Like I can talk, you know, leadership at home. I can talk parenting. I can talk leadership. I can talk what, what, whatever. And I can sound to you like I have my act together. And, and, and he's saying God didn't design leadership for the stage. He designed it by serving, by foot washing, by the, uh, by the towel in the basin. And that's, that's what leadership in God's uh, economy is. So let's, let's read the scriptures, and then we'll dive into a little bit of uh, what I have. So John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, to wash another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We're called to serve. Uh, and sorry, I'm just checking, getting to a spot in my notes here. And I just written down here that in this example that Jesus gives us, there's three things that we can really hone in on. That through Jesus' ministry, and, and specifically in this moment, Jesus saw people. In our desire to be special, we often focus on ourselves because we so desperately want people to notice. But Jesus, whether it was the leper, or Zacchaeus, or you could go down, you can go down the list, or the broken, the outcast, Jesus looked in their eyes and saw their humanity, he saw their created in the image of God, and he also saw that in those closest to him, in the disciples. That's the first thing that we see in Jesus, he saw people. The second thing, he served. That's what we're called to, we're called to see, we're called to serve. And then the third thing that Jesus really hones in on is love. He loved uh, and those three things are the making of a, of a leader as modeled by Christ. Uh, now, last Sunday, I didn't know Marcus was going to preach on but he talked a lot about running. And you're going to get a little bit more running. So, Mike, if you want to put the first slide up. So this is the one-year anniversary of an event that I let a, 10 or 12 of my other friends sucker me into. Um, Usually when they sucker me into something, I end up, 
either I'm just worthless or my training program isn't near as good as theirs, but I end up failing miserably. Um, but one year ago, I should have So yesterday, I had a great day. On, instead of a year ago, I ate fry pies, donuts, drank a ton of coffee, golfed, no problems. I mean, it was, and it was for a missions program. Like, it was a great day. I could, I could eat and drink whatever I wanted to, and it was great. A year ago, 12 of us guys went out to the Grand Canyon to do what's called the R to R to R, which is rim to rim to rim. So basically, you go down. If you look at the map here, I don't have a laser pointer, but you start right here at South Kayabad Trail. Then you run down to Phantom Ranch, which is a seven, eight-mile trek straight down. Some of you probably have done that. I don't know. But then at Phantom Ranch, see that one little trail running up through there, through Ribbon Falls and Cottonwood. I have a lot of bad memories there. And you run, it's just up and down and around, and you run through, well, you're running through the Grand Canyon, so it should be beautiful, but your mind's not there. And then about Cottonwood, or maybe you start to go back up the North Rim, and it's, it's pure evil. And it gets to about 8,000 elevation, which I'll get to, I didn't actually get to. Uh, but anyway, about uh, Monson, so anyway, that was, that's the journey. That's, it's about, it was, oh, and then we, when we come back, we come back over to Bright Angel just to add a couple extra miles. Overall, the whole trip was, I think, 42 or 44 miles with about 11 to 12,000 feet of elevation gain and about 105 degree temperatures. Uh, but anyway, so that was, and, and in that year, setting up to it, sorry, this is the, the content of my message, so I'm going to milk it, That's what, uh, but uh, I had done what I thought was pretty good training. I had gotten a 50K trail run-in. I had a couple, 20, I had a 20-miler. I had a 50-mile race in there that I had completed and um, a, another 30-mile run. And I, so I tried really hard. And I knew, like, my wife had gotten for my birthday new carbon, so really light trekking poles. And I had a really good pack and new shoes. Trail shoes. So I was, I was ready. I mean, I had to put the work in, and I had the gear, and I had that pack loaded with stuff that ended up just being disgusting. And anyway, and I've also learned in ultra running, I am really bad at problem solving. So I get in, and I just, I just mess up. But anyway, so 44 miles is about what we're covering here. And so we start at like 4 a.m. in the morning and head down, and we get to Phantom Ranch, and we start going across. And we get up there to Cottonwood, and we're starting to climb and climb. And also, like, I think we're like 17 or 18 miles in. I was like, and there's like, when you get, if you, if you get to the North Rim, there is no way to get back to the South Rim other than sitting there because we didn't have any contingencies planned and waiting about 24 hours for one of the guys to finish the journey and drive a five-hour trip to come pick you up. So you're, you're in it. You got to get out. And we're heading up, and something starts to grow. I couldn't take calories in it. Like, I was just, like, I could, I, I was still running. I could still run, but I could tell something was off. And um, at Cottonwood, one of my, or one of the other guys had smartly turned around and decided this wasn't his day, and so he had it back. It's one trail. You won't get lost. And I decided to keep going, and it was, it was getting really hot. And started climbing, climbing. And I was, I was like, something's off here. Like, I am... I can't take calories in. And if you know anything about ultra running, if you can't take calories in, you are going to be in bad shape. It's too long 
to not take... Anyway, so I decided to turn around at about 17 or 18 miles in, something like that. And I was already feeling it. There's something weird about the Grand Canyon. It beats you up like another trail run does not do. But anyway, so I decided, I told him, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to head back because I don't think this is going to work. So anyway, I still remember and um, turning around, starting off, and I put all this work in. And I, I got back to Cottonwood and I sat there. They had the little, they have a couple benches at some of these places with some water and stuff. You can fill your packs up. So sitting there for a while, filling my, like making my hat wet so it's cold, putting that in, just sitting there for a while. Then trekking, then trying to run uh, again, and uh, it just kept getting worse and worse. And it, in that box canyon there, it hit 105, 110, something like that degrees in there, and it was like it was starting to get to the spot where you were thinking, like, "Oh, I'm, you might just die." But anyway, uh, so I I tried to battle as hard as I could. And it took a long time. I was, I was, I was crashing down. I, I, but eventually, I, did, I still remember running through that box canyon. And if you've ever done any ultra running, um, back at our Sunday school class, we talked about sinning. And they said, the first example was cussing. And I pushed back on that, that that's sinning. Because I guess I'll use it in my sermon, not the actual language. But anyway, if you, maybe you men will know why I pushed back just so I don't have to feel judged. But if you've done ultra running, you will know that your emotions swing all over the board like they are not used to swinging. And this was the best version I've ever... I don't know if I remember everything, but anyway, I still remember going through the box canyon. All of a sudden, you just start crying and just missing your family. You just think of your kids and your wife, and you would just start crying. And then all of a sudden, I just get angry, like of the failure that I am. Like, I, like I know in real life this, who cares? I, I did 37 miles. I did a good... But just failure, like all this training, and I'm not going to be able to claim R2, 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 R2. I think that's right. Anyway, and you just get mad, and you just, like, the sailor in you wanted to come out. And maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say if it did. And then all of a sudden, you, like, just swing the other way, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing, this scenery. Actually, you can put up the next photo, and you're just like, oh, and you just start worshiping. And then you just cycle through it again. And you start crying. And then, anyway, so eventually, I still remember getting back to Phantom Ranch, and you could barely, I, I literally thought I might be, like, my, I run out of water, because it was so long, and I was going so freaking slow. And I run, and the water that I had was hot, so it wasn't even good. And I still remember, like, probably the last hour, I didn't have any water, or any, or any obviously any of the other tail, uh, electrolyte drinks. And I remember seeing like these roofs, because Phantom Ranch is the one place where there's like a little campground down at the bottom there. And I, see, I thought I saw these roofs, and I was like, oh, yeah. Then I was like, it's, but it's taken so long, because it's going so slow, I thought oh, it might be hallucinating. Like, I literally didn't know. Eventually, I got to uh, Phantom Ranch, and, uh, and there I caught up with my buddy, Furman, who had turned around earlier. He, had, he hadn't been feeling great, so he had stayed there for a while. And anyway, so we sat there for probably like 45 minutes trying, uh, he was just waiting on me to get ready because he was ready to go. And so now I had a buddy again, which is just a huge, anyway. So we, 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 I was like, we got, was, you know, 100 degrees, whatever still, and we had about 11 miles of about all uphill left. 
And I was, like, I was feeling horrible. But anyway, it was about to get a lot worse. Anyway, we started off. And as we're climbing, like, all of a sudden, like, I got cramps. Like, in every part, like, literally every part of my body that day cramped. I mean, you could, you, fingers, I mean, you name it. Like, it was horrible. But I started, and we were trying to get out. And I, I just couldn't anymore. Like, I would just walk and just sit down. Then I'd walk and sit down. I couldn't run anymore. Walk, my, my gut was just shot. Like I, and then all of a sudden, like, and he would just stay with me. He would just stick with me, stick with me, stick like, And never, never like, huh, you know, you should, have been, you should have been eating better before. Or, you know, you should have been drinking better. You know, like, you know, all the things that I should have been doing that I had been either couldn't or failed. I still remember we were crossing. You were just going up, crossing some streams with the, where the Colorado, it comes down to the Colorado River. And all of a sudden, like I just remember sitting there, and I just started puking. And I looked over, and like, I just saw this new trail. She's like, I'm going to puke on you. I don't like you. Like, and I was just like, oh, it was, it was so bad. And then I'd do it again. And do it again. Anyway, I had to, I'd go like a quarter mile, and I had to lay on, down, which uh, if you see on this picture here, this was one of my buddies took this picture nicely of me. There's a couple. Th- I'd just lay on the trail there. I didn't know what was around, but I just... And I also noticed later that I had my shirt on backwards. I didn't know that either. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not quite sure what all I missed. But anyway, through all that, Furman never, and we're going to get to the point of it, he never, never said any of the things that he could have been saying, and he only offered help. He just stuck with me and only offered help when I asked for, for something uh, instead of saying, like, here, you have to take... And, and he just stuck with me hour after hour after hour. Stuck with me. Um, and then eventually in the journey, the, the rest of the group, because I was going so... I was so bad, uh, caught up with me. And there were, so there were 11 other guys. And most of those, they, you know, they were in bad shape, too. Uh, there were a couple that were still fine. But, uh, and when that group caught me, they, that whole group would, like, they said, nope, we're sticking with you. you we are not leaving you. We're st- and, and I know each one of those guys w- would have done that, like that. But I knew what, like, how, what bad shape I was in. And I was like, you know what, guys, as long as one person, Furman's been with me long enough, like, let him go. But as long as one person stays with me, I'm fine. Like, I am going to go be going too slow. Like, you guys go. Uh, but I knew each one of those guys would, as a group or individually, stay with me. Um, and so they, uh, after I convinced them that they, they did go, and my brother stayed with me and for another couple hours. And we were, I mean, we were eventually getting somewhere, but I mean, I couldn't take anything. It, and it was, uh, yeah, anyway, the cramping was getting worse, the, or the cramps. Um, and we sat, and eventually he took my, my pack, everything, I had, and he just carried it. And he wasn't feeling great either. And he just carried it for me, and I was just try, and that's where this picture was taken. I just try, and then I just collapsed. Like, I wasn't even bothering to sit on the side anymore. It just uh, Actually, and I, I did weigh myself. I did lose 15 pounds that day. So uh, I don't know if that's a healthy way to lose 15 pounds. I could ask my wife. Uh, but anyway, uh, I said that because she's a nurse. Not, uh, but anyway, uh, so he carried my pat, and we kept going, going, going. And then the third thing that happened that I wanted to highlight before I got out, Kendrick made it out, got out. And if you know anything about ultra running, there are two drinks when you're shot that really work really good, Coke and ginger ale. And he ran back down. We were, I was probably a mile and a half from the top with a lot of climbing left. 
And he, so he got out. He was back at the hotel. He grabbed an ice-cold coat and ran back when he didn't have to and gave that. And, and I still remember sitting there on the side and drinking that coat. And it was like, it was like God just brought this. Like, it was the best-tasting coat you've ever tasted in your life. I mean, it was ice-cold instead of hot. And, co- like, and it sat in my stomach, like, perfectly. Like, like, it was so good. And I, like, literally from that mile and a half on, I, was, I wasn't running, but I, I think I might have taken one short break, and I hiked right out of that in the last mile and a half with very limited, I mean, yeah, I mean, it wasn't fast, but it was, it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, so, and then I got, yeah, I got out, and, I mean, we, I could go on for a while, but you probably don't need to know all the rest. But, but through, that, through that journey, what I wanted to highlight was a couple things that some of my friends did along the journey, and hopefully it sort of shows what Christ, in a much deeper way, was showing with foot washing. But sometimes we're being called, as believers, to be part of that larger group where someone is going through a very difficult time, someone is suffering, someone is going through a hard time, and we're being called to be part of that larger group where that person knows that any one of us would stop what we're doing and come help. So they know that, but, but at the same time, that, that larger group, is, that person is surrounded by those people. So sometimes we're being called to that. And, and, it might, and, and in that larger group, it might be as simple as saying a, uh, a word, like just a, a random word, of like, hey, great job, you got this, whatever, you know, the context might be. Um, but other times, as part of that larger group, we might be called to play the role that Furman played that day, uh, which was like literally just hour after hour, day after day after day, walking beside someone in a non-judgmental way, in a, in a way that says, well, you dug that hole yourself, you can get out of it, uh, you know, you could go, like, or, or saying, like, well, this is how you should do it. Because, like, usually we either know how, why we got into a hole or what happened or how to get out or what, whatever it is. Like, just walk alongside someone. Like, sometimes we're being called to, to play that role in our lives, or we will be. Other times we'll be called to play the role that, um, that my brother played, where you literally say, hey, let me just take your pack yet, even though, you know, I'm tired and everything. Like, let, let me just take your pack. Let me just, let me just, so you have as, like, you've gone through enough, like as little, you're still in a hard place, but let, you know, let me take as much of that burden from you that I can so that you, you can get out. So you've got this. And other times we have the opportunity to play the role of where we still have, like, we still have enough left that we can do something that we absolutely didn't have to do. Like, we can, we can bless someone in a way, whether it's financially, whether it's gifts. I mean, it, it, the list could go on, like, depending on the circumstances, and, and do what Kendrick did and bring that ice-cold coat. And each one of those three, four, did not have a platform of leadership. No one before the, before the, 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 the run said, okay, if anyone's struggling... Furman, you're in charge. You, we're going to vote you in to walk alongside that poor sucker for 10 hours or whatever it was. Or if he's really struggling, Derek, you're going to be in charge of, of the ministry of holding the packs for him. Or Kendrick, if you're in, uh, 
you're going to be in charge of, it doesn't matter how far it is, you're going to be, you'll have the ministry of running coke down. You know, they didn't have a platform, but they led. They, uh, and, and, and with Kendricks as well, like, he was the de facto leader of the group. Like, he organized it. He put it together. He played a leadership role in that. And there are times when leadership is the platform is the, 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 the boardroom, the CEO. You know, there are, that is a form of leadership. But at the same time, his greatest form of leadership was when he served without a, without a title. And each one of us will have that opportunity. Like each one of us, whether it's family, whether it's church, whether it's community, it doesn't matter. Like if we are looking for those opportunities, each one of us in this next week, month, year, will have each one of those opportunities to serve and to lead uh, in, in that manner. So, and then the other aspect that I wanted to look at in leadership is there's something else in leadership here. What in this moment did leadership look like for me? Like how, if each one of us are called to a leadership platform through serving, what did it look like as the one that was needing the help? And there's two things that I, that I, as I reflected on that, that I thought, the first one was being willing to accept help. Because there's a lot of pride in us that does not want to accept help. It, it admits that I failed, that I didn't accomplish what I set out to do. Uh, and it also, in a way, says you, it, or often, like for me, like with my pride, it says, you've, you've got it more together than I do. And so we, we hide, uh, and we, we don't accept help. Uh, so, so part of being a leader is being willing to accept help when we need it and be, being okay with that. Uh, the other thing that I, uh, as I reflected on, because when they got out, and then, you know, the next day we were out in Arizona, we were uh, uh, all together, like, they were really jacked up, excited about what they accomplished because they, I mean, they got to their, most of them got to the edge of their limits and went past that themselves. And, and they accomplished what they set out to accomplish. And they were fired up. They were excited about that. And I had to sit there in that stupid van and listen to them being all excited about what they just accomplished, knowing I put all that training in, had all that gear stupidly, and didn't accomplish what I set out to accomplish. Um, and, but part of, being, part of leadership and being a leader is realizing, like, I got to be okay with celebrating with them. Yeah, I didn't accomplish it, but can I celebrate when you have an accomplishment that I don't, when you get a promotion that I don't, when, what, what, you know, whatever it might be, can I celebrate that with you? Because that, that, that shows in many ways, is my identity coming from Christ? Or is my identity coming from that narcissism we started off with talking about where, where I'm trying at all costs to, to be seen as special and I'm willing to step over you, or not worry about, I don't care what you're, uh, what you're celebrating because I don't get to. And so, so it really shows where I'm at in my journey with, in, as a servant leader. And then the, so, so that sort of wraps up my analogy. Hopefully it connected to some level. Nothing else, it got me some content. Um, but then the third thing that Jesus really modeled is he loved. Uh, and I'm not going to take the time to read it, but in in Paul's letter, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, he's talking about the, in the love chapter. He's talking about love. But, and I just, I just wrote down a leader, as Christ model, loves. Uh, a leader doesn't seek revenge, but suffers wrong to act redemptively. Uh, and this is coming from those verses. So uh, 
So when something happens, a leader doesn't seek revenge, but, act, but suffers a wrong to act redemptively. A leader is kind. A leader is not envious. A leader doesn't promote themselves. A leader doesn't behave in an unbecoming fashion, which, you know, by all by myself in the box canyon. <laughs> if there was a camera on me, maybe I did. But, so I'll, I'll work on some sanctification there. Uh, a leader doesn't seek their own things. A leader is not easily provoked. And a leader believes the best about people. And then Paul obviously ends the chapter with, above all is love. And that, I mean, you could, the list could go on forever if you're looking at reflecting on the life of Jesus. But each one of those things are hard for us in certain moments. Uh, but they reflect, again, a, a leader. And then just in conclusion, I've written down that maybe the greatest example of leadership outside of Jesus is John the Baptist, where as John the Baptist has built up this, I mean, he's a, he's a superstar, you know, he's a megachurch pastor. I mean, he's, he's somebody. And he's built up this, this influence, this, this clout. Uh, he, he's, yeah, he's somebody. And at the peak of his ministry, he says, I must decrease so that he can increase. Um, and, and, and as we reflect on that and the disciples' lives, we see them bickering and fighting to, to be somebody, to be special. And then as they process through life and, and as we see their journey to the end of their lives, we see them modeling exactly what John the Baptist did as well, where they decrease so that Christ can increase. Uh, and that whole gamut of, of learning, to, learning to serve, learning to, to still have that core longing of being special, mat- to matter, to do something with our lives in, uh, is, is there, but we can lay that down so that Christ can increase. Uh, it takes a, a level of maturity, takes that, but beyond maturity, where it's, it's the power of, of the Spirit in us that can do that. Because on ourselves, we will always revert back to pride, to narcissism, even if we're building up a ministry, even if, you know, if, whether it's ministry or business, it doesn't matter, it'll always be pride that's building that if, we, if we're not laying it down uh, with the help of the Spirit and, say, and, and truly being content with that he may increase in our decrease. Um, so that, yeah, that's my sermon on the making of a Christ-like leader, servant leadership, whatever you want to call it. And, and, but also seeing, I think what I really want to step back from is that each one of us would see ourselves as leaders. It's not for certain people. It's like, maybe I'll just end with that quote. It's, it's, for, it's not for the stage. It's not for the platform. It's for the, 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 the towel and the wash basin. And each one of us can, can see the broken person, can, can take the time to do that, can take the time to serve, and can take the time to love and impact the world for Christ. Um, so let's stand. Uh, if the worship team wants to come up for a song, uh, and I'll just close with pray- a prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, thank you for just us being able to take the time to reflect on the life that you modeled, on how that looks like in in leadership. God, help us to learn to serve. Help us to learn to lay our lives down that we, uh, and just say, may I decrease so that you can increase and be, and be content in that and that we would rest in you. Uh, as we go out from here, God, I pray that we would look for ways to, to see and to serve and to love. In your name, amen.